Welcome to the Happy Sober Podcast. Helping people get back in control of their life, happiness, peace, and purpose, and all without a drop of alcohol. For more information and to book your place on our next free quit drinking webinar, visit www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. And now, here's your host, Craig Beck. Hey, how you doing? This is Craig Beck, aka the Stop Drinking Expert. And today, I want to deal with a couple of points. I want to go a little bit in depth about the psychology of addiction. Uh, and I also want to deal with uh, a couple of emails that I've had that are kind of all on the same theme. And that is, how do you stop drinking if your partner refuses to quit? If your partner's a problem drinker as well, but they absolutely refuse to quit, how do you, how do you stop? It's a great question, very common. Uh, and also, how do you help someone else to stop drinking? I had an email this week from a lady who said, my husband's killing himself. He's destroying our marriage. He's miserable. His health's going downhill. How do I stop him drinking? So we're going to talk about that as well. Before we go any further, I just remind you that if you want to stop drinking in one amazing day and you can get to New York, we're about 10 days away from the next quit drinking boot camp. Uh, These things always sell out, by the way, so don't put it off. If you want to come, then go to the website right now, stopdrinkingexpert.com and reserve your place at the New York Quit Drinking Boot Camp. London sold out, San Francisco sold out, and I fully expect New York to sell out as well. Okay, with that said, let's talk about um, uh, a message that I saw on the members Facebook group today. A lady was talking about alcohol. She's quit drinking, but she said, She feels a sense of loss. She feels like alcohol was her friend. And now she's lost her friend. And she, you know, she qualified this by saying, I understand. I get that alcohol is dangerous and it's harmful and it's poison. I get all that stuff. I understand. But I still feel this deep sensation that I've lost something valuable. I've lost my friend. And I get that. I understand Because, you know, we build all these routines in our subconscious where alcohol is the solution to our problems. And we do it so many times, it becomes hardwired. There is physical pieces of meat inside our head that connects alcohol with problem solving. In the same way that when Ivan Pavlov rang his bell, the dogs salivated because they thought, well, they didn't think, they linked the bell with food. They didn't want to salivate. They made no conscious decision about that. It's just that the bell was rang and they salivated automatically. And then they got that sense of disappointment because what they expected was not there. And that is exactly what happens with alcohol. You have physical pieces of meat that you spent decades putting there. So you can't expect to stop drinking in one month and for them to disappear. They're still there. You have still got physical bits of programming in your head to facilitate your drinking. So time is the greatest healer in this case. But to look at this problem from the outside, from outside the bubble of unreality and look in on it, it, there's no sense to it. There's no logic in describing alcohol as your friend because alcohol has one mission, one goal to kill you. 
That's all it wants to do. It's all it's ever wanted. From the moment you took your first drink, its goal was to kill you. And if you think I'm being melodramatic, tell that to the three million families who buried someone last year because of their drinking. Tell that to the three, three people, the three families that I know who buried someone last year because of their drinking. This is a very dangerous, deadly, clever drug that has one mission to kill you. It was never your friend. It was always your worst enemy. And you might think, well, then why do we have this sensation of loss? Why, why do we feel like we've, we're missing a friend? And to me, and I, I'm not really, you know, an expert in this, but to me, it sounds like Stockholm syndrome. You've heard of this, where in these terrible situations where people are held captive against their will, often locked up in basements for years, sometimes even decades. And the the strangest thing happens. They fall in love with the person who is abusing them. And again, you look at it and you say, there's no logic there. That doesn't make any sense. How can you fall in love with someone who is physically and mentally, emotionally abusing you to this level? And the answer is, it's down to our adaptability as a species. You know, we are top of the food chain, not because we have opposable thumbs, but because we're exceptionally adaptable. You know, if you ever wonder how people like Nelson Mandela could survive 27 years in solitary confinement without going crazy, it's down to the pure adaptability of the human mind and the human presence on this planet. And so those people trapped in those awful situations being abused start to focus on the positives of the situation to protect their mental state. And they notice that they get rewards and they get nice things and they get an alleviation of the pain when they make their abuser happy. And this becomes a kind of distorted loop. The abuser starts to reward the behavior that he or she once repeated. And the person who's being abused recognizes this subconsciously and starts doing things to please the abuser. And you create this spiral and it goes from a psychological game into a kind of erroneous sensation of love. And I believe this is true of alcohol. Us problem drinkers, we fell in love with our abuser. We fell in love with a serial killer. Because alcohol was never our friend. It only ever wanted to hurt us. It's exceptionally devious. It's exceptionally insidious. It was prepared to wait decades before it even got started. And it's prepared to take decades to slowly murder us. This is a narcissistic evil drug. It is not and it was never your friend. If you believe it was, you should see this as a psychological disconnect in your brain. So how do you deal with this? Well, first thing, and and this is true of most problems in life, is by becoming aware of the problem is the first and most important step. Because if you continue in that loop of believing that you have lost a friend, that you're missing something valuable, eventually you will buckle. Life only has to throw enough stuff at you until you'll get to the point where you buckle. Perhaps you'll be able to sustain your teetotalism and your sobriety through minor stress like bills and 
uh, arguments with your partner and things like that. But then something traumatic will happen. You'll have an accident or someone you love will die and you'll buckle because you're still in the bubble of unreality that alcohol was giving you something. And as we've talked about in previous videos, alcohol has absolutely no benefit to it at all, not one single benefit. And you can say anything you want. You can email me anything you want, but nobody has ever managed to email me with something that I agree with them is a benefit. Relaxation is the top one. Helps me relax. No, it doesn't. Alcohol creates anxiety that it then removes. This is pure carrot and stick manipulation. Sleep. Alcohol helps me get to sleep. No, it doesn't. Alcohol is an anesthetic. It slows your brain activity down to the point where you lose consciousness. But that's not sleep. If that was true, if alcohol really did help with sleep, then all problem drinkers would wake up every morning as fresh as a daisy. You know, when you saw someone walking through the office like, hey, da, da, hey, wait, hey, morning, everyone would be like, huh, problem drinker, just had a bloody good sleep. <laughs> but it's bollocks. It's not true. You know, it's, it's just an illusion. It's an illusion of the drug. There is no benefit to alcohol. So first, become aware of the distortion in your mind. The Stockholm syndrome around the drug. It was never your friend. You just fell in love with the serial killer. And as long as you can keep that awareness active, then you should find that it, it slowly loses power. But also, don't forget, time is the big healer here. Because, like I said, you know, most people spend decades developing a drinking problem. You don't wake up one morning with a, a drinking problem. You don't even wake up one year. It takes years and years and decades and during that time, your subconscious is physically building pieces of meat inside your head to facilitate your drinking. Because your subconscious is trying to help out, but the problem is it has no ability to judge or filter. So it just watches you. And because it knows that the conscious mind is very weak and fragile and can only do one or two things at a time, it tries to take the burden off the conscious mind. And what it notices over years and decades is that every time you feel stressed, you drink alcohol. Every time you want to get to sleep, you drink alcohol. And so the subconscious says, OK, we have a recurring pattern here. Uh, let's build a program because the conscious mind doesn't need to be kept busy with something that happens every day. So let's just build a program. And what that means is in, in your head, you have a physical piece of meat that connects relaxation to alcohol. And what Ivan Pavlov found out with his dogs is, yes, he could condition them. He could ring that bell and they would salivate. But what he also found that is less discussed and less well known is that if he stopped ringing the bell for a few months, the effect was deleted. If he waited a few months without ringing that bell and then rang it, nothing happened. The program got erased by time. And so if you are newly sober and you are getting any sort of craving around a specific sensation or situation, like relaxation, like sleep or confidence or anxiety or pain, whatever you want, understand that as long as you do not let that program run, it will slowly, slowly get weaker. 
I know you want a magic bullet to make this go away like that, but you can't have it. You didn't develop a drinking problem overnight and you will not fix it overnight. Just know that every day that you refuse to let that program run, you get 0.1 of a percent closer to your goal. And the goal is to live in a world where you look at alcohol all around you and you just, you can't even imagine drinking it. You look at people drinking alcohol and you think, why are you doing that? Why are you drinking poison for fun? And that, that is a beautiful place to be. That is what I want for you. So I hope that helps. Um, I just want to quickly touch on uh, a couple of other emails I got this week because they're all in the same sort of theme. And I know I've talked about this before, but it is such a big subject and it's such a common question that I wanted to go over it again. I got two emails in the last couple of days. The first one says, how can I help my husband quit drinking? He's killing himself. He's miserable. He's destroying our marriage. The second email said, how can I quit drinking when my partner is also a problem drinker and absolutely point blank refuses to quit drinking? Let me give you the hard reality here. And I'm sorry I can't sugarcoat this for you. This is a journey you take alone whether you like it or not, you cannot change other people. Even if they want you to change them. I cannot make you quit drinking. Only you can do that. I can give you the tools. I can give you the information. But you still have the choice. You can, you can have all of my best knowledge, everything I know, and you can, you, I can give it to you as a gift but you'll still have the choice as to whether you do anything with it or not. You can, you can still look at it all and go, yeah, don't care, not doing anything. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. People email me frequently saying, I bet if I came to your boot camp, you wouldn't stop me drinking. And my reply to them is, you're right. I wouldn't. Because it's your, it's your job. It's your responsibility. And it is, a, it is something you do on your own. This is a tightrope walk. There's no room on the rope for two people. It's, it's you on your own making this journey because you love yourself, because you no longer want the misery of this evil drug in your life. Now, of course, your partner can go ahead of you on the rope and they can, go, they can come behind on the rope, but they can't walk alongside you. There just isn't the room. This is a solo journey. And so if you come to me and say, how can I help my husband? He's killing himself. My first question is, does he want to stop? And if the answer is no, he doesn't want to stop, then there's very little you can do. You certainly can't make him. There's no point beating him up about it. But equally, do not enable his drinking. 
Do not have alcohol in the house. Don't you drink alcohol in front of him. Don't go along with his nonsense, his bullshit. You lead by example, but you certainly can't force him to do anything. You can put the information in front of him. You can give him the tools. But whether he does it or not, totally his decision. And so you have to think about yourself. You need to be a little bit selfish here, I'm afraid. You need some tough love because as much as you love and you care for this person, watching someone do this to themselves is miserable, frustrating, horrible. And I would strongly advise you to protect yourself in this situation. Look after yourself because that's all you can do. Now, if he says, yes, I do want to stop drinking, then you can put him, you can point him in the right direction. You can support him and ask him what he needs from you. You can do everything you can to help him on his journey. And that includes not doing it with him, not drinking, quitting drinking yourself, not having alcohol in the house, distracting him when he has cravings and working alongside him. You can be his rock. But again, you can't do it for him. You can't say, right, okay, watch this video, then do this, and then, oh, and then you must read that, and then go and do that. This has to be a personal, engaged journey. You can't half-heartedly quit drinking. You can't delegate your quit drinking to someone else. You have to be engaged in the process. You have to love it. It has to become a part of who you are as a person. Because if you try and do this in a half-hearted way, or if you get lazy about it, you'll try and reach a happy medium. You'll try and compromise. And if you try and compromise, you'll come up with garbage like, I'll just try and cut back. Or I'll just drink at the weekend. Or I'll only drink on social occasions. And moderating your drinking is hell on earth. Forcing yourself to avoid the thing you want most is just miserable. It is much easier to quit drinking than it is to moderate drinking. So, I'm not sure that helps you, but if, if you need to ask any more questions, please email me again. Now, the other question about how do you quit drinking when your partner refuses to quit, you know, it's, we go back to that. This is your personal journey. It's got nothing to do with them. It, I, I will be honest with you. It is so much easier when your partner also quits or you live with a partner who doesn't drink very much. And I'm very lucky in that my wife hardly ever drinks. I think in the three years I've known her, I've seen her have no more than 10 drinks in that whole time. We never have alcohol in the house, apart from a bit of wine in the fridge to cook with. Uh, it just doesn't enter our world. And I will be honest with you, it, that is a beautiful thing. Because I have been in relationships and I have lived with people who drink in the past. And while I was never tempted to join them, it, it just feels like you have this poison in your private personal world, you know, in, in, your, in your comfort zone, in your home, where you should feel safe and secure and at peace. Uh, and for a non-drinker, it just it feels strange having this poison in the house. It's like I wouldn't feel comfortable having a loaded gun in the house. That would feel like I don't want, I don't want a gun in the place where I'm supposed to feel safe. And I don't want poison either. So if you have a, if you have a partner who drinks, I would have a serious sit down with them. You don't want to be flippant about this. You want them to understand exactly why you're doing this and how important it is to you. 
don't just throw this out, you know, during an evening meal or while you're watching TV. Oh, by the way, I've quit drinking. Don't make a joke about it. Don't lie. Don't say, oh, I'm just going to have a couple of weeks off. If your intention is to quit drinking, you need to have a serious sit down with your partner and you need to explain why you're doing this. You need to open your heart to them and say, look, this is making me miserable. And actually, my health is going downhill. And I, I think seriously, it's limiting my life. And I have to get this out of my life. Will you help me? Ask them, you know, get them engaged. Don't just blurt out what you're doing as an ultimatum. This is what I'm doing and I don't care whether you like it. Get them to engage in the process. Will you help me? Will you support me? And what you need to ask for that you might not get is that we don't drink in the house anymore. Can we just have no alcohol in the house? I'm not saying you have to stop drinking. You, you know, you're free to do whatever you want. Go and drink as much as you want. But can we not do it in the home? Can we have an alcohol-free house? Now, 50% of partners will say, yes, I understand what you're doing. I love you. I care about you. I want you to achieve your goals. So yes, we'll do that. I'm not stopping drinking, but I'm going to support you 100%. We'll have no alcohol in the house. And that is your utopia. That's perfect. You don't need them to do it with you because maybe they'll follow you at some point anyway. This is about you at this moment. Now, the other 50% of partners who have a problem with alcohol themselves, perhaps they're still in denial, they will get very upset and they'll say, absolutely not. How dare you? You're not taking my little treat off me. Why? It's the only good thing I've got in my life. (laughs) And they'll come out with all sorts of garbage. Absolutely ridiculous. Who's this Craig Beck guy you've been listening to? If I ever see that guy, I'm going to punch him on the nose. And they'll absolutely point blank refuse to have an alcohol free home. They'll say you're antisocial and you've changed and you're not fun anymore. And how are you going to relax and how are we going to get to sleep and all this other crap that they come out with. And so in this situation, you're going to ask for a compromise. You're going to during that sit down conversation, you're going to say, I understand. Will you do one thing for me then? Can we have an alcohol free house for 21 days? Just three weeks. Will you help me just get started? Three weeks, no alcohol in the house. Most rational, reasonable people who love you will agree to that. Some won't. But in that situation, I think you have bigger questions to ask yourself. If you can get 21 days alcohol-free, it all gets a lot easier because you're outside of the kick, the chemical effect of the drug, and you've really started to make some progress on the psychological loops in your head around alcohol. 21 days just gives you that powerful, positive start to this process. If you then have to reintroduce alcohol into the home, I'm not going to lie to you. It is going to make life a little bit easier. But if you've had that 21 days, you're setting yourself up for success. You're putting yourself in a much better position. So I hope that helps. If you have any questions, of course, email me anytime. Uh, The email address is craig at craigbeck.com. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, We crossed 10,000 subscribers the other day, which I'm very, very thrilled about. Uh, We should have a million subscribers because this is a crazy drug. But anyway, please like and share. Uh, Don't forget the podcast. Subscribe to that as well. And come to boot camp. I want to meet you. www.stopdrinkingexpert.com. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.